0: Hey, this is Justin Sinceri, licensed marriage and family therapist, and your fellow polyvagal nerd. I got an email from Erin, and she had a couple of really good questions about the episode that I published called, Why Would I Listen If? And that episode was my response to an email asking me, why would I listen if? Someone uh, thinks I'm less than human, basically, which was a response to my episode about we say called we don't listen to each other or something like that. Anyhow, Aaron has some interesting things to go into that I want to kind of delve into and do a follow up and do a follow up on for you since we're all in this together. Aaron says, hello, sir. Aaron, the, the, come on, that's too much. You, you call me Justin. That's okay. Sir, it's not necessary. Hello, sir. I just wanted to reach out and tell you how much I appreciated this episode. In my own work, I have realized how important it is to be able to sit with different viewpoints in order to better understand not only what each side is saying, but which unmet needs slash lapses of understanding are informing the conversations. I find people struggle with understanding one's feelings are real and valid, And do not cease to be such, even as one holds space for meaningful and often uncomfortable conversations about complex issues with people who may not hold the same views as we do. So she goes on, but I'm going to break it up and interject here. She said, unmet needs slash lapses of understanding are informing the conversations. And I think that is very profound. I think that is extremely important. That when we have, especially as you get more extreme on one side or another, what's it really about? Is it maybe it's about truth and about the severity of the situation? Sure. But maybe it's not. Maybe it is about an unmet need for that person or simply a lack of understanding about the situation. Either way, uh, all of those avenues will inform the the conversation so it's on an individual level i don't feel comfortable saying everybody on one side of an issue obviously has their own stuff to work through i don't feel comfortable saying that generally but on an individual level we do each need to look at and say well this is where i'm standing on a certain viewpoint what does that do for me is it about me? Is it about society at large? Is it about some group of people? Or is it really, you know, it, there's something that I'm getting out of this. There's something that I am. If I didn't have this, my life would be, if I didn't have this fight, I would be left with fill in the blank. Or I would some purpose would be taken away from me. So is there an, I think it's a very important and very difficult question to ask. Is there an unmet need or is there a purpose there? Or is that, is it filling in something for the, for the individual? I think it's very important. Like what, what is it we're not hearing from each other? What is one group not hearing from the other and why? What are we not as individuals? What are we not hearing from other individuals who simply disagree? What is it we're not hearing from each other? There's probably a lot there that we're missing. And not just what are we not hearing, but what's stopping the message from getting through? Like, the message can get through. We have ears or we have the ability to read in some way, right? Each of us has the ability to have the information come in, but we stop it through various means, you know, like... Ignoring it, minimizing it, dismissing it, rationalizing. We we all do if something doesn't vibe with what we already think or doesn't vibe with how intensely we feel, we all have these means of like dismissing in some way or minimizing or you know all the things I list listed. So not just what are we not hearing from each other, but why? Like what's stopping that message from getting through? And I think on the individual level, we have to look at and recognize I am not opening to, I am not open to hearing this issue. And for myself as well, there are things that I'm just not open to listening to. Like it's just, it's not going to get through. And so we have to ask ourselves on an individual level, what are we doing to stop it from coming through? Or maybe it's, you know, we've, we've been down that path and there's nothing there. Or it's full of nonsense. Or it's you know, it's just wrong. Like we we've learned, we've been there before, we're coming out the other side of it, and we just we know now that it's just it's just wrong. It's not it's incorrect, and it's an incorrect paradigm or a view of the world or understanding. And I'm simply not open to it anymore. Not open to it anymore, just because I've um, I've learned better. So this is a lot of gray area. A lot of gray area here, right? I think my interest is more about when there's an emotional blocking of new information coming in, when there's information that doesn't vibe with what state we're in and we reject it outright, or there's a group of people that we have judged to be X, Y, and Z, and therefore I'm not even going to have to bother listening to this group of people, whether it's based on politics or religion or skin color or sexuality or gender or whatever it is that there's a if there's a group of people that I've blocked out and say I will not listen to them, well why not? What is that what what does that serve for you? And and what is it you're doing to stop the message from coming through? Obviously there there's there's for a lot I know it's a big gray area, but for a lot of the stuff there's defenses that come up. So what I think the next question then is like what function do these sides or these thought camps, or these echo chambers, what what function does this serve? What unmet need is this serving for you, potentially? Again, a huge gray area, I know. So this is very individual. If it doesn't apply to you, it doesn't apply to you. If it does, then it's a good place to explore for yourself. But if, if it comes down to you're blocking out a certain viewpoint or paradigm or group of people because it's serving some sort of unmet need for you. Well, then what is it that your side is doing? What is it your paradigm or thought camp or echo chamber? What, what is that doing for you? And if you didn't have that, what would you be left with? I think it's a really, really difficult question. Now, is there areas where this is not going to apply? Yeah, of course. Again, gray area, big gray area, so I'm just gonna trust you to run with it or not. So what what function to do these serve? And how are we defending ourselves from that other conflicting side? And I think we do that through, you know, I mentioned minimizing and, and whatnot, but also just our thoughts, our judgments of the other, we uh, we have our reasoning, we have our data, and every single side of every single topic has their own reasoning, their own data. So let's just say there's two sides that do not agree on something. I'm not going to say what it is because it, it's I want to neutralize and not bring in uh, some sort of hot issue that we already have an emotional connection with. So let's just neutralize it and say that there's just two sides that don't agree on something, all right? Both sides have their reasoning. They have their data. They have their evidence. They have their historical anecdotes. They have what they need to create an argument, right? But if two sides are doing this, how do you know who's right or wrong? From from our third-party vantage point, how would we know one side or the other one is wrong? Because w- someone's wrong, right? Or more wrong. Either one side is completely wrong or more wrong than the other side. Well, both sides can be true, I think, or partially true. But both can also be wrong or partially wrong. There might be a third camp that has truth. All three of these camps, if we add a third one in there, could also have partial truth. And I I tend to think that when it comes to these issues where there's two clear sides that cannot stand each other, that the answer is not on either one, that really there's something in between. They both have um, at least partial truth. So how do you, how could you tell, especially if you're in one of these thought camps, how do you know you're not the one who's wrong? If you cannot consider the other side, if you cannot consider conflicting information, data, history, uh, personal testimony, if you cannot consider this other stuff, how do you know that you're right or wrong? And really, if that insistence on being right, if you can't live without that, then that might suggest that you're wrong that might suggest that your truth, your convictions, serve more of an individual purpose than anything else. And I think the way that you, well, maybe a step toward the right direction would be genuine interest in truth, not in sides, not in fighting, uh, not in demonizing and judging and otherizing. Because if that's your goal, like that's easy, you can do that. But if your goal is truth, or as close to it as we can get, that requires that you're genuinely interested in hearing conflicting information. That you're genuinely interested in a deeper understanding of reality. Not subjective truth, not assertions, but truth, reality, objective truth. And yes, objective truth does exist. Saying that objective truth does not exist is an objective truth and is self-defeating. Prioritizing truth, or greater truth, we'll say that, or more truth, or being closer to objective truth. Prioritizing that requires that your self-worth is not entangled in what your knowledge currently is. Your self-worth cannot be entangled in the way you think and what you think. The pursuit must be about an accurate understanding of reality and not not emotional reactions to what we're being told about reality, but an actual understanding, fact-finding, uh, being objective, hearing other people out, other stories, other experiences also other paradigms that conflict with one you're current, currently holding yeah that requires that who you are is not entangled with with what you're currently thinking what we think and the way we think and why we think the things we do the content of what we think it does change over time it does it can change if you think about yourself now if you think about yourself now what your political beliefs are Probably wouldn't match what it was twenty years ago it, it probably wouldn't match right Things change over time. You develop and grow in your thoughts in your understandings of the world. It, it changes over time, so we cannot become We cannot become intertwined with what we think that does not define who we are exactly I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> and really being open to new ways of thinking and understanding can help get a greater sense of, of reality, of truth, of experiences, of understanding the world, and which will input, impact the decisions that you make as well. Anyhow, so she goes on to say, Aaron goes on to say, I'm not making much sense with my response even, but I felt compelled to let you know You put what I have wanted to convey about communicating about these issues far more more succinctly than I will ever be able to. The family therapy example blew my mind. So high five to you, Erin. High five to you. She goes on to say, playing off your question about how we apply that concept to communication between ideologies like Black Lives Matter and All Lives Matter and what those things represent to the individuals in each camp are we asking too much of people? Are we asking too much of people? As someone who knows how difficult it can be to get back into that safe and social space when emotions are running high, and that's with the training to do so, she says. How realistic is applying a framework like that? That's a heavy, 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 heavy question. Are we asking too much of people? And its I don't like my answer, but it doesn't feel right. But it's, as best I understand it, true. That if we're asking people to listen to the opposite side, then yeah, we're probably asking too much. And I hate that. I hate saying that. I wish it wasn't true. Even for me, and probably for you, there's things that you're just not going to hear. It's just not going to happen. So is it asking too much of people to be willing to listen to the other side? Yeah. It is. It probably is, and I, it sucks. In general, but but I guess the caveat here would be there are some things that probably don't need to be listened to, in, in my opinion. If 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 uh, you know, I'm not going to listen to a white supremacist tell tell me about the virtues of being white. <laughs> That's not something I'm opening to listen to or, 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 you know, espousing some sort of like actual white supremacy kind of thing. I'm not going to, I'm not open to listening to that. My book is pretty much closed. My mind is closed on that topic of, of I don't know, like, you know, white actual white supremacy kind of stuff. Should I be open to listening to that? I don't think so. Honestly, I don't think so. So maybe if this is a this is a case where you know some stuff we are blocked off to and what that line is I don't know. I have no idea. But you know, look. Am I asking too much of people to be open to another side? Yes. Am I is it asking too much of people to self-regulate come up to their safe and social state? And then check in with their level of curiosity about conflicting thoughts. I don't think that's too much. And I think we as educators, we can expect better, but also teach better as well. If if I call myself an educator, right? And that would be to not give answers, but to give clarity and process. So when it comes to these big political ideological things that I don't view it as my role to give you an answer on what to think. If I can give clarity on how to think or process the, the process of thinking or the process of feeling, the process of self-regulating, I, I think I can lend a hand there. I think I have a lot to lend a hand. That's the stuff that I feel like I have some level of expertise on and enjoyment of as well. I don't feel like it's my role to tell you how to tell you what to think. I don't want to tell you the end result. I think the end result comes after you do the stuff in between like self-regulation, like listening to the experiences of others, you'll get to that end result. So I think us in this role of, you know, educators, uh, mental health, you know, therapists in the social media realm and podcasting realm, I don't think it's up to us to give answers. I think it's up to uh, us to assist and be a resource for the process of getting answers. Which is a lot harder. It's a lot harder and requires more self regulation, in my opinion, than just coming out with what our opinions are on whatever is, you know, big at the moment. We can teach self regulation, which will lead to, I think, greater curiosity and openness and a healthier discussion. If we're simply, well, hold on, I'll hold on to that. So we can teach self regula- regulation. We can teach and we can model listening skills and non-combative communication or maybe not communicating. There's maybe there's something we just being silent on is as, is a better option. That's something I am practicing more and more nowadays as, as a, I, I haven't been on Instagram and in, I think it's been about a month since I've posted something and I, I, I'm kind of just done with it and I, I i responded to someone who was talking about polyvagal theory i got tagged in a post and i felt compelled to respond saying hey you, you kind of got this wrong and it was it was a well i don't want to go into it but it just you have a misunderstanding here i highly recommend you follow or you listen to dr porges who is the originator of it and to get more clarity right that that's it that's all it was and i got accused of sounding like i was mansplaining and i was like you know what <laughs> I'm done. I didn't respond to that because it's not worthy of a response, right? Point here is I have an opportunity to model. Like if someone reads those comments, I'm modeling not responding to a nonsense comment. I can bite back and argue and stuff. That's not really modeling anything appropriate, I don't think. But not responding, that's kind of like modeling. So we in this role, we can do that. And I think it's better than biting back. So that's something I'm practicing. Otherwise, if if we're not modeling, if we're not bringing clarity to the process of these things, we're just throwing fuel in the fire of public discourse, of public outrage. And I think advocacy is fantastic. But if you're not bringing anything new to the table of an angle or a process thing. You're just you're just another voice. And you know, that's important to have multiple voices, so I get that. I'm not saying don't do that at all. But I think that there's another level we can get to, which is the process of this stuff. And not the answer to this stuff. Or what our answer is. So maybe we're just giving our opinion. And there's nothing wrong with that exactly. I'm not saying something wrong with that. But we're giving our opinion or and maybe it's an, a very well informed opinion opinion, so there's a lot of help you can bring that way, sure. But it might not be. It might just be echoing what other people are saying, or it might be giving in to the mob of what they want you to say. And that's mm, I don't know how helpful that is if you don't genuinely believe in these things. I don't know, it's it's adding another voice, yeah. But if the belief isn't there it's fake. It's not representative of of what people actually think it is representative of how afraid people are of the mob. so we can bring another angle to people, not an opinion, but maybe a new angle of thought. like I'm going to go back to this mansplaining thing because this has come up a number of times, and maybe I do that. I do have a podcast where I sit here and explain things, so, so maybe there's something to it. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally what I'm doing I guess. But um let's go back to this, right? There's a new angle here. So when I got accused of what was it? misogyny and sexism and mansplaining in a uh, a review on iTunes actually probably a couple times. Now, I could take that and say no, I'm not. But there's not really much to that. So I didn't I don't do that even though I'm not. I'm not doing those things. But what I would say is Actually, what I did do was Mercedes and I had a live stream. We recorded it. I lost my half of the audio, which sucks because it was a really good conversation. But I had a new angle to the, to the situation. I had a new angle. And that new angle was, okay, let, let's, just, let's, let's, let's take what they're saying is true. Let's say this, maybe they're saying what they're saying that I'm mansplaining and that I'm a misogynist. Let's say it's true. Let's take them at face value. So the new angle here is, what does that say about Mercedes. What does that say about her that that she doesn't see it or that she does and is okay with it, I guess? Like, what does that say about her? And that's the new angle is, all right, let's take you at face value. Let's do a logical or let's do a thought experiment here. Let's take you at face value and come at it from a different angle. What does that say about her? Like, she's the one talking with me while I'm mansplaining to her and she doesn't see it.
1: I really don't like that. I'm having a reaction to that. I had I had never thought of it to that extent and that is like I I'm legitimately having a reaction right now. Full transparency, my issue in that is is people questioning my intelligence because that's always been one of my things. And it's like, "Oh, now I'm at, now I'm in an, an angry place and it's like, how dare you assume that I don't know what's going on?" People don't know me, but I've had those experiences with those men where it's like, "What like what did you just say to me? How like how are you talking to me right now?" And I have nothing to do with them. You don't dare talk to me like that. But my options are I'll either cut them out right away. If it's something that, you know, if it's a person that I don't need in my life or like this person at work who has to be in my life, I said, guess what? This is not going down like this. You better you better switch it up real quick. And that was a little bit, I'm going to assume that came off a little bit abrasive at first, but then that person I feel realized what was going on and it hasn't been a problem since so so going back to what you were saying that bugs me that people may that there may be that assumption in there that mercedes doesn't get it because you don't know me i'm not gonna put up with that bull dookie sorry i was trying to censor myself
0: what does that say about you dear listener the vast majority of my listeners are women i believe on Instagram, the vast majority, I think 90% are women on, on Instagram following me. I'm going I'm to assume it's very similar as far as podcast listeners. So What does that say about you? If I'm mansplaining, why don't you get that? It's just a question. Now, I don't personally believe in this stuff. But when you make when you make the claim, a new angle is, I'm not going to debate you on this. I'm going to roll with your claim. Let's roll with that. Okay, so what does that mean about the rest of the world? If that's true, if what you're saying is true, how come you're the, you're the only one who sees it? So, is it too much of uh, to ask of people? Yeah, probably. But as a someone in the role, um, I can do better. I can expect better. Can I expect someone to objectively listen to somebody else that they disagree with? No. But can I expect that person to do some more self-regulation and then revisit the issue later on? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's within reason. Is it? too much to ask of each of us to come from love and compassion for each other and to not come from a defensive state? Defensive state. Possibly. That might be too much to ask. But I think we can all do it though. We, we all have the same biology. We all have the same biological circuitry. We all have that ventral vagal safe and social state. We all have that ability to connect with each other whether we do or not that's another thing and even if one if party A is able to do that and party B is not able to do that then it's not going to happen but i don't think it's too much to to ask us to do the best we can to self regulate and to come from compassion i don't think it's too much to ask i think it's po- very much i know it's possible because it's all built in within us we have it so it's possible and then finally, Erin wraps it up and she says, it seems I have very many questions and not a lot of answers. I appreciate the next level dialogue you are inviting about this stuff. Hang in there. Thank you so much. And actually, it's been, um, I haven't read my iTunes reviews. Those things are disgusting. But um, so far, has been pretty good response to stuff. I've actually been pleasantly, I don't give, you know, dear listener, I don't give you enough credit. I do not. And I apologize for that. Um, I keep expecting people to have problems with everything and that's more about me than it is about you. And I'm not giving you enough credit and I, I do apologize for that. Whether you were aware of it or not, I just keep expecting the worst. Um, and that's, that's a, just an issue. Don't worry about that. That's a me issue. But Aaron, thank you for the support. And that's the goal. That's the goal here is a deeper level of thought and connection that underlie these opinions and these reactions that we have. I want to get to the stuff underneath it where I want to help my listeners get to that stuff that's underneath it. I want to help people have a greater sense of self-awareness and of connection to each other. And that's really hard. That's very difficult during this COVID stuff. It's very difficult since we're spending all of our time looking at a screen and interacting with people that we think are pure evil. And all we see is a screen. We don't see their smiles or their eye crinkles or we don't hear their voice. So it's very, very difficult, very, very difficult to, to do these things to tap into that connection. And look, I'm I'm looking at a screen and my notes, and I am sitting alone, like I, I'm doing it right now. But but I have my listeners in mind. I have some image or images of what they look like and sound like and and whatnot. So and I feel love and compassion for every single one of you. So I'm I'm coming from that. I know where I'm coming from. And maybe a little bit of my own anxiety too, but <laughs> the, maybe a little, a little, my own flight energy, but that's, that's a just an issue. So heavy, heavy questions, Aaron. Thank you for those definitely got me thinking. And I don't like it. I don't like saying that. Yeah, we're expecting too much. I hate that. I don't like it at all, but I think it's accurate. It might be, we might be asking too much thank you for listening though thank you for listening if you like this and want more i have a whole separate podcast called the polyvagal patrons five bucks a month on patreon there's a link in the description there's hours and hours and i'm adding stuff at least one episode per week one mini episode per week on patreon and you can listen to it in your favorite podcasting app it'll show up automatically right alongside this one as long as you're subscribed to this one uh, yeah, only five bucks a month. Uh, lots of stuff that I'm putting on there, stuff I'm experimenting with. But I think you'll enjoy. Give it, a, give it a listen. Only five bucks a month. Thank you for listening, though. I hope you, hope you enjoyed this one.